Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. something of a funereal atmosphere much of it directed towards that lady Katrian Mayer the chief executive Today it's been here at the Valley. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. I am Louis Menes, your host for this evening. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley. Sorry for the delay before we, we get going. Actually, we've uh, been clearing beach balls from the studio. Uh, <laughs> joining us here uh, at the Valley, uh, 
Terry Smith, how are you doing, Tim? Evening. It's uh, it's good to know that we now know the collective noun for uh, a, beach, uh, a lot of beach balls, which is a flurry. Flurry. Apparently. It's, it's like snow. I it's guess, a flurry, so. yeah. And joining the pair of us is uh, Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, not bad. Thanks, Louis. Incredible, incredible day here at the Valley. And first things first, we've got some highlights to kick you off uh, what, what happened here today. Um, it's, 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 it's been a quite astonishing day, and we've made sure that we've left everything in so you can hear exactly how Terry had to try and uh, describe what was going on here at the Valley. We wait for Mr. Deadman to uh, get get us underway here at the Valley. I'm assuming he's waiting for the adverts to finish because we are live on Sky. So he's waiting for uh, Jeff Stelling or whoever does the, uh, the orders. And we are underway here at the Valley. Charlton kick us off. Cousins gets it across to Motter on the right-hand side. He jinks inside and tries to push the ball forward. Gets the uh, replay and now the ball's... Uh, beach balls are plenty are hitting the pitch and the referee has called a halt I, I make that 12 seconds before the referees had to stop open play for this protest do you think the, uh, the, the, the beach balls that appeared beforehand were slightly premature maybe they were decoy beach balls ah. that, that is a thing you know and there is a halt in play as uh, everybody tries to uh, uh, you've got the quite ridiculous sight of uh, stewards trying to kick them off the pitch they're coming back off the advertising hornets and it looks like they're playing war ball yeah I, th- I think with all with all the festivities planned for today if they all go off uh, and they're uh, even kicking them back in the crowd I mean how <laughs> stupid is that <laughs> if, if, if everything the Charlton fans have planned go off without a hitch I've got a funny thing this game will conclude at approximately midnight 8.45 yeah <laughs> midnight's probably closer to the bone so uh, you're not missing anything trust me they're, uh, I, mean, I could commentate on stewards kicking beach balls all day but um, it might get very boring but <laughs> well, maybe uh, this is the start of the uh, much mind was it uh, extra time multi-ball that was uh, promising <laughs> that betting advert that time that'd be one way to decide the tents in Kona we have uh, probably about half a dozen still to be cleared away. Uh, you've still got that uh, rather ridiculous steward he kicking them back into the, into, the, into the crowd. And he comes back on again. He can't understand why he's got to go back and do it again. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think they got him from Mensa, that fella. Maybe it's his first day at the job. And if it is, he's talking about baptisms of fire earlier. <laughs> this is not the day you want to start a stewarding job on the no, side. No, probably not, no. Uh, I think he's just been told by a fellow steward... Uh, I think you might have seen the error of his ways now. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's still a couple more being thrown on. Ask, simply because the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 they're, uh, the, the steward is still, uh, uh, still can't understand why they keep kicking them back. He's done it again. Yeah, he's, they're, they're still falling for it and they're still guys oh, on the front row of the stands. They're just happily pumping them straight back in. Oh, they're, they're bursting them now. That's that's not playing the game. Tactical. <laughs> Sometimes, if, if you're in the pinch, you've got to change strategies. Yeah, you know? I think you're right. That's yeah. a very common football thing. Just <laughs> oh, we've got, a, we've got a bin liner on now. Bin liner's been called. It's getting serious out there. <laughs> <laughs> in and across to Ramirez. Ramirez will take on Diara. Little touch with Adoma. Tries to give it back to him. And, and squirms his way out of the penalty area, actually. Uh, oh, there's a whistle gone, but it's in the crowd. <laughs> and Charlton can carry on with Cousins. Cousins, uh, everybody stopped thinking that uh, a whistle had gone. And there's nothing of it. And Charlton clear it away. And uh, Callum Harriet putting uh, Gibson under pressure. And uh, Fry tries the risky back pass with Lookman hanging around. 
and the Charlton fans applaud the fact that the whistle conned just about everybody. Wow, this game has had just about everything from the stand so far, hasn't it? And uh, Charlton can uh, break here. Lookman into the uh, edge of the D. Goodmanson with a shot all to the right-hand side of Constantopoulos, who manages to grab it down to his right-hand side. A break from nothing as Gibson's clearance was picked off by Cousins. Found Goodmanson on the edge of the D after a little touchback from Harriet. Just couldn't get it past the Greek goalkeeper. Little touch to Gummerson. Equally to Callum Harriet. Returns his man. Left foot shot. Just uh, tried to curl it into that top right hand corner. But he overcooked it. And in, in the end, it was comfortably over. And he uses Ensui. And he's in on the edge of the penalty area. Cross ball. Oh, and it's uh, Rod Fanny with a header that almost sneaked into the left hand post. It was a glorious save from Nick Pope to keep him out. What a save by Pope. It rattled off his foot and then back onto his hand. And he had to just react there because, as you said, uh, the, the, the attempt to clear that away went towards goal by Fanny and Pope he couldn't see that coming great reaction though to just get his arms and his limbs out and hope for the best and we got the best welcome back uh, players uh, are all out now officials and uh, management are all making their way to the uh, appropriate positions as well but, uh, it'll be Barron to kick us off in this second half now attacking the Jimmy Seed with uh, Charlton attacking the covered end. No changes for either side by the looks of things. And we wait for Mr. Deadman to get us underway here in the second half. Um, shielding his uh, eyes from the sunlight. It's, uh, it's, it's a little nippy here, but it's a, a glorious afternoon nonetheless as we are underway here at the Valley for the second half. It goes left. Laura has tweeted us in in the, in the half, half time interval. We were wondering how uh, whether Sky had mentioned the. Uh, the beach balls and uh, now there are about 100 whistles <laughs> uh, going off all over the place um, the uh, beach balls were covered by Sky beach balls banners the lot apparently according to Laura uh, and uh, the second half has been greeted with uh, a tumultuous uh, round of whistling uh, so some genuine whistles and, uh, and a few more beach balls by the way uh, have, uh, have found their way onto the playing service not quite as many as in the first half but uh, I'd say about a dozen or so and uh, not enough to stop the players we carry on with Middlesbrough now down this uh, right hand side the whistles continue I don't know if you can hear it uh, but uh, the play is going on nonetheless as the corner comes in from Goodmanson into the box to Chazelle oh it is a goal shoulder open to scoring George Teixeira meets Goodmanson's corner on the edge of the six-yard box and plants it firmly beyond Constantopoulos to open the score of a Charlton. Missed the six-yard box. This time, Terry, he's made an impact in the opposite six-yard box. What a great header. And to be honest, after that passage of play from Charlton, you can't say that the goal was undeserved. They've ridden their luck a little bit when Borough pressed and pressed and pressed. But the difference so far is when Charlton had a great attacking passage, they've turned it into a goal and they've broken the deadlock. And we have uh, two interlopers, it's fair to say, on the pitch. Um... Having a little chat with Goodmanson, one of them, I'm not sure why. But uh, he's having a little tussle now with Diora. Uh, I'm assuming he's a Charlton fan, so he doesn't, shouldn't uh, be having a go at his own. They, they came from the Charlton ends, uh, and I don't know what their game is here. We we heard in the days up to this there'd be some, uh, some, some protests staged, but you can't fold this under that category. Two fans have just jumped on the pitch after a goal, and they're causing nothing but trouble, getting in the face of Charlton players, no less. 
Yeah, it was a little strange to uh, to confront both Goodmanson and then Diora, but uh, one has gone fairly peaceably. The other one is uh, having a little. <laughs> It's, uh, it's needs about seven to get him off. Yeah, this one putting up a fight is putting that hell of an argument to bring back the days of prohibition. <laughs> and it'll be Suk Young knocks it forward into Harriet's chest. Harriet back to Cousins. Lovely header into the part of Gashanajad. He touches it into Cousins. Cousins out of Goodmanson. Goodmanson's got Gashanajad at the far side of the penalty area. Controls it into his right foot. Gets it into Karim Harriet. Harriet picks out Suk Young on the edge of the area. Onto the overlap on Goodmanson. Back in the box. Harriet! Oh, it's blocked away. Will he get a second or two? He's done! Oh, and it's gone! Oh, what a goal from Callum Harriet! He followed his own shot in. He deflected into the part of the fray who couldn't control it. Harriet pounced and the shot squirmed through both him and Constantopoulos to give Charlton a 2-0 lead. And that's the final whistle. And Charlton have come away victorious. An unlikely victory, but a superb one nonetheless. So there you have it. One of the most amazing days I've ever experienced here uh, at the Valley. The protest, the beach balls, the whistles, the funeral procession, the walkout on 74. Uh, and even more surprisingly, a win. <laughs> In front of the sky cameras as well. <laughs> it's unheard of. Uh, uh, things, are change- things are changing, quite clearly. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, the, the way the fans protested today clearly would have given so much media attention. And we, we were discussing off air, I mean, we've seen other clubs have tried different, various different things. But on, honestly, and I hope I'm not being biased here, but I think ours today have been the most uh, visual and, and arguably the best protests I've ever seen at a football ground. I think we've mentioned before in, uh, on previous shows, uh, one thing that uh, you have to give credit for to Charlton fans is their ingenuity. Uh, and uh, uh, they're just clever people and they know... Uh, uh, to, uh, to to pull this off properly, and I think uh, I think oh, there we are. Sorry, uh, was that sorry? Did, should I stop? Yeah. Was I offside? No, no, sorry, Karen. Okay, <laughs> we, uh, and I think uh, that was going on the beach balls. Uh, did the desired effect? I think, or had the desired effect? I think uh, Sky have covered it uh, quite uh, um, quite widely, uh, as have other people. We've even had other fans commenting on how well uh, the uh, the protest is being handled. So uh, it's having the effect that I think uh, Card uh, wanted to have. Yeah, so we want to know what you guys have made of today's protest and of today's game. Get your emails in, email studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at charltonlive or you can go onto the Charlton Life Forum where you'll find a, uh, a thread for tonight's show. Um, we've got plenty to get through on this evening's show. We're going to hear from Jose Riga, we're going to hear from Marco Motta and then as we concentrate on the protest, we're going to hear from Ben Hayes from the Spell It Out in Black and White campaign. He was uh, one of the guys walking with the coffin today. We're also going to hear from Richard Corley, the South London Press Deputy Sports Editor. He's given us some more an outside view on how the uh, how the protest went and how the club's going uh, and as a Fulham fan and whether his uh, team's getting sucked into the relegation battle or not which we want to know are, are Cholton back in it now? Possibly I'll let, I'll let you do this Tom <laughs> I was um, yeah obviously we'll go on to talk about today's game in more detail and it was a great win but it left me a bit frustrated because I think if we'd have only put half that performance in against MK Dons on Tuesday night then yeah we'd be very much in it we'd be a, a point behind them or something but um yeah, we're obviously better off than we would have been if we'd lost it. But for me, we're still struggling. Um, but yeah, as I say, a win's a win. You know, we've got to, got to take them where we can at this stage. And what is it, four or five points? Five you know? points a gap now. One win. One win that MK Dons don't get and we're two points behind them. Mm. You know, then they start getting nervous. Like you say, with Fulham being dragged in as well, we might might be getting closer. But It does tend to uh, frustrate you about that MK Dons performance though, doesn't it? Even mm. more because, uh, I mean, all right, MK Dons were fighting for their lives and probably had a much more about them than Borough had today. But uh, if we'd have put in that spirit 
uh, in that. So, yeah. I mean, admittedly, we didn't have Diara, and so we looked a bit lost. We didn't have. I think I mentioned it after uh, um, after the, uh, MK Don's game uh, in uh, in the interview with Jose Riga. We didn't seem to have a leader out there yeah. um, against MK Don's. Uh, and funnily enough, today I thought we had about five or six. Yeah, I'd agree with that. All right, so on the the, the game itself, um, a sort of opening periods. Really, I mean, a, I don't know if the protests did take it a bit away from the players, but there really wasn't a great deal going on in that opening half, was there? I thought it was uh, it was a cagey first half, wasn't it? I think uh, Barrow gave as good as they got. I thought um, we, I think, understandably, maybe a little bit nervous, and we we seemed to. Um, cancel each other out I suppose in that first half I don't think we threatened that much and, and, and Borough did look a little bit more dangerous going forward especially with that long ball over the top with Rhodes making his runs I think um, maybe we were uh, overly cagey in that first half desperate not to lose I'm sure uh, but the second half and I, um, I mentioned it in the uh, in the interview with, with Jose I don't know if he had a pep talk or what but we came out with much more uh, intensity in that second half we seemed to up our level second yeah. half I think maybe, Bar- they, maybe they realised it was there for the taking, which yeah. perhaps they didn't do uh, before the f- first off. I think B- Borough sort of opened themselves up a bit as well and tried to push a bit harder. And what it showed is, and I think it's it's true of a lot of teams in this league, is that a lot of sides in this league struggle to break teams down. But when teams are out and going forward, you get very open football at both ends. And that's why they're quite high-scoring games. And we saw that today, really, because Borough had more chances in the second half as well. It's just that we took ours... And uh, they were a lot more open in defence, and that's where he found the gaps. I do wonder if the situation Vital Karanka at uh, Borough might have helped us a little bit. Just walked out, uh, chatting to the BBC T's guy, uh, and he saw it. It sounds like he hasn't just walked out on Saturday, as as um, some places. It sounds like he hasn't taken training since Tuesday. No, indeed, no. And I think, although I, I have to say, I don't want that to decry from uh, from the performance we put in. And I think uh, uh, a lot of the reasons Karanka was supposedly. Um, um, was uh, being dismissed or being uh, spoken about in those uh, the terms from although surprising the fans were getting behind him today they were calling yeah. his name I didn't quite get that but well, anyway. I think it sounds like the, uh, the the way that the the narrative has been written up there it sounds like the fans don't really know what's going no, on what's going yeah, on no but one of the criticisms was that he wasn't playing Rhodes and uh, um, Nugent up front together he was he wasn't he was sticking with this one up top which was frustrating a lot of uh, players as well uh, and he's gone and they still didn't change it which surprised yeah. me a bit. Um, but I, I don't want I don't want um, the situation. I don't, I, would, would it have changed? I mean, rather than beat them with Karanka in charge, I'm not sure um, with Karanka there it would have made a great deal of difference with with the way we put a shift in. And I'd like to say one of the things, one of the start things for me. And I reckon there was something said at half time because I don't know if you noticed in the first half, especially early in the first half, Jordan Cousins was one the culprit, and I think uh, um, Suk Young was another. We were trying these expensive cross field passes, um, which we kept getting picked off. We seemed to cut that out in the second half, uh, yeah. and we didn't do so much of it. And we went, we played across the, the field rather than trying to open them up by ball splitting uh, cross field passes. So we cut that out, and it, and it negated a lot of the uh, yeah. the attacking intent of Borough as a result. Yeah. Bit of a let off, uh, just pretty much on the stroke of half time when uh, when Rod Fanny yeah. Pope, Pope denied Fanny not for the first time. And ching! Yes, it's got the attempted <laughs> own goal. Uh, and, uh, You've been great, waiting. How long have you been waiting to pull that one out? Since it happened, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was a great save. He's done oh, well yeah. since he's come in for Henderson. Well, he's, yeah, I've been really impressed with him. Obviously, he came in through necessity at the start of the season, and we saw him spilling the ball a few times, and there were more question marks over him again as a second choice, but. Yeah, since he's come back in, he's kept what two clean sheets. I thought he had a good game away at Brentford as well, and yeah, he's, he's certainly sort of seems to have shored things up a bit at the back, which is which is good. 
Yeah, right. As you say, tell they, they, they sort of came out a different side in the second half. More, more open for, for both teams. Really, I think Jordan Rose had just had a header not long before we took the lead. And it come, came from the corner. And there's Jorge uh, Teixeira to get his first goal. And uh, we've spoken about it a few times. We set pieces. We just have not been attacking them enough. So it's nice to see us actually attack one and get a goal from one. Well, we said on Thursday as well about the problem with Goodmanson's corners all Tuesday night against MK Dons. They weren't beating the first man, and it wasn't just MK Dons. We've seen that a lot this season, but. So when he, he wandered out there to take that corner, I was a bit worried. But, you know, it was right in the heart of the penalty area. And there was Teixeira and he beat his man and it was a, a thumping header. And very similar to the uh, the Jackson header against Fulham, sort of got us back into that game. Uh, and, that, yeah, that sort of, you know, woke the crowd and fired everyone up. And, yeah, it was a great header. And we, we saw him do that. Was it Blackburn he scored as well? Um, so, yeah, he's clearly got goals in him and... Yeah, great header. The um, the a lot at half time. I was I saw people tweeting about what Ian Holloway had said at half time on the TV, saying that uh, the Charlton fans need to stick with their stick with their team and support them. And also, actually, while I was doing the interview with Jose, the Ian Abrahams from Talksport broadcast Moose. If anyone, he he asked the question: Do the fans need to stick with the players uh, t- until the end of the season? But I think both of those people have made really ridiculous comments there because the Charlton fans are with the players. A protest against the board doesn't prove that. And if you see the celebrations of that goal and the second goal today, you'll see that this is a team, uh, a support base that is sticking with the fans. I think, um, and we've heard it, and you know, it's not just those two, we've heard it from different areas as well where they, they feel that some fans um, um, are overly critical and, and perhaps getting on the backs of players. Um, they probably don't get it. Uh, entirely, uh, because um, or at all, or at all, yeah. uh, or at all. Um, so, but the fact that we've heard it from various sources means that uh, it is out there as, as being a, a criticism. So we ought to we ought to accept that and take it on board a little bit. But I think you have to be in the circumstance to get get what's going on. And I think those outside it probably don't get it quite as quite as readily as we do. Hmm. We saw. Um, uh, we're, so we're going to talk about all the the protest ideas. So the, the 74th minute walkout and all that later. So we're just going to concentrate on the game for the first couple of minutes. So um, uh, Callum Harriet got the second, and, and that sealed it. It was a, it was a really he really had to work hard to get back for that second ball. He seemed to be the only one chasing the rebound. He followed in. They worked. I mean, him and Lookman worked their socks off uh, both, both halves. I mean, they were actually put a shift in and were forcing Borough back constantly to stop them playing out of out of defence and. Uh, um, Harry, it's no surprise that his, his legs were completely gone by the end of it. He, he put an enormous shift. And uh, uh, sorry, I've got to stop again. No, keep going. Okay. <laughs> uh, so um, I, I'm, I'm going to wonder how many times I'm going to do that. For <laughs> <a board>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's have a sweep now. I think um, you'd like to think. I mean, he gave um, uh, Jose a good hug as he came off in the end. So uh, you'd hope that all things are lovely and uh, and sweet and light. Uh, because um, if only Jose had stuck with him. On Tuesday night, you know what I mean? So, I mean because, uh, he, you know, I'd, I'd like to know what the timing was of the second goal. Would he have, uh, would, was it after the timing of him coming off against them? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. The second goal was on 80 minutes. Yeah, I think so he got taken off with about 20 minutes. There you go. go. So yeah. um, it's, um, it's a little bit, uh, I know maybe I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm being a little bit cheekier, but maybe if he'd have stayed on at MK Dons, that might have happened as well. Question marks over Jose Riga after the MK uh, Dons game, uh, particularly from from me and, and from from Tom on the show on uh, on Thursday. But people have been giving him praise today. I think he admitted he got it wrong. Um, not necessarily with the Harriet thing, but uh, I think uh, reading between the lines, he probably admitted it. Uh, he probably thought it. Certainly with the Lookman not coming on early enough, I think he admitted that he probably made a mistake. Uh, he got it right today, and uh, right, uh, you know. I mentioned to him that um, did Simon Mackie not going off, or not being available rather, uh, because of his illness, force his hand a little bit and a little bit of serendipity here that uh, we discovered something, we had to play it on the floor, there was no point in 
uh, humping long balls up uh, constantly. We did it a few times, but constantly because we had nobody up there. And we played that very high-pressured intensity short pass game. Uh, and it worked a lot, especially in the second half. Hmm. Uh, a few tweets have come in. Darren Patterson says, Woke up this morning in New Zealand and can't believe the result. Can't wait to hear about the game and the protest. Keep up the good work. Uh, Mitchell says, Think today showed us the potential of how moving fans from the North Upper to Lower could make so much more atmosphere, which is one of the things that is one of the things to take from today. The atmosphere was brilliant it was today. Good. It yeah, really fantastic. was electric, especially at points in that first half. The atmosphere was so, so good. Amy says, I enjoyed today in all aspects. Not had such a good feeling driving back from a game in ages. Sean says, best atmosphere at the Valley since Duchatelet took over. If he had any business sense, he'd just cut his losses. Fight has only just begun, and he's a lot older than our uh, fan base. Um, Paul Glover says, it was a good performance going forward. Without Simon up front, meant we played it more on the floor. Defence is still a big concern. Was, was there question marks over the defence today as much? I didn't think so. <laughs> I, got to say, no. I thought uh, Rod Fenny and his best game in the charts. Yeah, uh, I think, by a mile. Uh, I thought uh, Teixeira looked solid. We defended corners. Bearing in mind we didn't have Mackinock and that was a, a worry for me. I thought we defended corners really well. Uh, I thought Pope commanded Pope, the box in that aspect really well exactly as well. Exactly the same thing. Right, let's... Um, Let's hear what Joe Zariga had to say. He came in to speak to Terry after today's game uh, uh, about our 2 0 win over Middlesbrough. Joined by uh, Joe Zariga and Jose after a, a quite a stunning 2 0 victory against Middlesbrough. Uh, that must have lifted the spirits, hasn't it? Sure. <clears throat> you know how much we were looking for this kind of, of performance, and certainly at home because we did some good games away and I think that to be to be effective and, and to, to, to be very competitive we have to do it also at home and be able to do it against this kind of team who's maybe the best in terms of potential of, of effective the, the most complete um, pleased me a lot of course and I'm very happy very proud of, of all the squad and, and also for my staff uh, because we were working hard for many weeks. S- most of the time we, we were not able to get what we deserve from the games, I think, about Preston or all the game. So we did it today. Um, it's not the end of the story. We have to do our job and, and to to chase for all the big results because we are playing and we are facing with big team. big team. But anyway, uh, of course, it gives us a lot of confidence Confident is not enough. We know why we were able to do this kind of performance today, just because we were looking for, we were working each day on our weaknesses, but thinking also that we have some strengths in, in this team and some qualities. So yeah, believe always that the team, when, when we are all looking for the same and where the commitment is like it was today, we're able to do, to do good results. And more disruption, uh, of course, in the week with uh, Simon Mackinac. We knew that yeah, you obviously knew yeah, you'd have uh, Yaya Sanogo not available, but uh, Simon then going coming ill. Um, you obviously had to change your, your plans uh, even more. Have, was there a bit of serendipity in this, is that uh, we've stumbled, or not stumbled is probably the wrong word, but we've come up with a, a method because we had to play football on the floor and, and we did it so effectively today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes um, it's not easy because you, you don't play necessarily the same players. In, I'm, I'm not looking for changing all the time. I'm just looking for some stability. But I was obliged for different reasons that you you speak about just 
right now. Sometimes the player is ill. Sometimes, so for many reasons. But um, you know me because you know me from the first time. I, I prefer, of course, to play on the ground to look for a combination. And, and but sometimes the player are not ready to do it just because we we we. We miss and we don't have the automatism like a team start together preseason and everything. But anyway, anyway, when when we look for the same, when we just want the same, we're able to do this. And uh, for me, it's it's also a clear message for all all, all the squad and all the players that uh, first of all we need everybody, and when everybody will be fit, and maybe even more after the the, the international break. Uh, will be as well as we were today competitive for the rest of the season. Are you going to have to field questions? And you may already have done so. So forgive me if I'm uh, if, if I'm repeating what somebody has already done. But uh, are you going to have to field questions or field statements from people uh, from press people who perhaps will say, "Well, we got Middlesbrough at the right time. They're in a bit of uh, crisis themselves, and it was the best time to play them." Is that uh, really taking away from from our own performance this afternoon? I think that people saying this saying that doesn't know a lot about football because you know in this situation when when you have some problem with the manager in this situation I don't know the story and I don't want to, to, to know the story I have enough with my own story that to be to be preoccupied by the other one but I know that the player wants to react on the pitch they are professional much more maybe here in England that in any country when when start the game they are ready for the game and so no no they they give us just nothing just nothing it's because we did the job that that it happens what it happens but believe me, uh, this team has a lot of quality. I never saw on the pitch that they didn't want. They didn't want, certainly not in this consensus. So, again, you can say, yet yeah, it can affect the player or on the other end. But, again, I'm never looking at what happened to the opponent. I'm just trying to master what happened with my team. That's what we do each day to 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 work on 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 our weaknesses and and also to try to 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 work with our qualities and sometimes again when when we have this kind of momentum because we need we are able to to do this kind of game just for the record i was playing devil's advocate i don't believe that for a second by the way uh but uh you must have been delighted in uh, not just the overall play but certain aspects of it firstly defensively uh, against corners and free kicks uh, we look much sounder today and to actually score from a corner as well, which uh, which we should have threatened to do perhaps a little bit more. We have the ability to do that. Uh, and George Tessera's header was superb. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, I know because <laughs> in Starlight he did it for me already. And uh, but it's 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 all about confidence, will, trust each other, you know. And and again, work, work, because or you wait for 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 the, the momentum, or you look for. And that's what we did. Uh, and uh, the Callum Harriet uh, topping off a fine performance. I mean, I know Jordan Cousins, Cousins got man of the match, and probably rightly so, uh, but there were quite a few uh, big performances out there today. I see nobody, uh, let's say, um, not doing his job properly. Uh, if we think about Rotfani, about Texier, about Foxy, about Marco, even Alu, and we know that he need games, more games. Uh, Yun help a lot the team, maybe not the most demonstrative, but one of the most important. So everybody has done his job, I think. And, and that's the way Nicky did very well too. So 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Today we, we will enjoy and tomorrow we'll think about the next game. Are you going to take some credit for a second uh, half-time chat? Because the first half was fairly even, I thought. I think we, we played at a decent high intensity, but Barrow were, were matching us, let's say, a little bit. I thought we stepped it up in the second half and we seemed to be uh, uh, a lot more uh, counter, not counter, pro- more proactive going forward than, than perhaps we were in the first half. Was that a little pep talk at half-time? No, we, I think, we again, we have a, a game plan and, and, and we know that... Uh, a clean sheet is important, and and also the fact that uh, I think all the game we, we were in the game, even when Middlesbrough was looking, of course, for scoring, having more the position, we were very very dangerous. Any time we get the ball, so I think they they show a lot of maturity in the way that they did. It. All the team did it, so I'm pleased with it. But. Yeah, I don't want to speak too much because it's not the end of it. Well, and, and, and that's sure. I'm sure now you're, you're concentrating on the Sheffield Wednesday, which, sure. uh, which in terms of uh, today's result is, is another huge one, as they all will be as, as we get towards the end of the season. Yeah, but you know, um, sometimes we miss some games against Oppenon that normally we, we, we have to get a win. Maybe we write the story in a different way. I hope. Well, as long as it gets to the same result, who cares? <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate you coming in, Josie. Congratulations. Thank you. Still waiting for this world to stop hating. Can't find a good reason. Can't find hope to believe in. Ray heard Grant. Can he get across into the middle? He can. This comes into the top post. Yeah! Let's get the We're a goal. Yeah! In the 96th minute. Charlton Live. Joe Zariga there talking in the Charlton Live studio to Terry Smith after today's uh, 2-0 victory over Middlesbrough. Very rare we get the chance, or I say chance, it's more of a chore to, to have to stay behind after a game because it's tiring work doing yeah, a game. It's a, lot, it's a long old day, isn't it? Yeah, and, uh, but yeah, we're really grateful that Jose came in to speak uh, to us uh, after that after that game and to describe it. Right, we've, uh, we want to talk about the game. Uh, tell you've got some emails. We got, uh, I'm just going to do the game ones first, so uh, I'm not ignoring any of the other emails particularly, it's just we'll read them out later. Uh, so game-specific, Matthias Johnson as the email, thanks Matthias, sorry. Uh, hi gang, uh, what a day in terms of result and protest. Jordan Cousins was great. Uh, it'd been the best he'd played all season. Putting tackles in and passing was good as well. Hope to see you in Sheffield next week. That's Matthias, of course, our Sheffield addict. Uh, yeah, let's hope so, mate. Uh, Mark Newbury. Uh, thanks, Mark. Evening, folks. Thoroughly enjoyed a good win today. A little shocked to see Jordan Rhodes not score against us again. But as he was in Fanny's pocket all afternoon, still good to see. Uh, Fanny, for me, was the man of the match. To be honest, there were 11 heroes on the pitch and 10,000 off it. Thought we would struggle without a target man, but a couple of tiny people up front, we still pass the ball well and can actually enjoy going to work tomorrow. Harking back to Tuesday against MK Dons and their idiot manager. Disappointed that Sonogo fell for the dirty tactics. He got nailed twice by K before he elbowed him in the face and that falls straight into their plans as we are struggling to score. Feel a bit sorry for Big Mac. There's no hiding place for him when he's playing badly and I can't see him in a red shirt much longer. And that's cheers from Mark. Uh, Mark Cox has emailed us in. Thanks, Mark. Great win today. Big shout out to the Grim Reaper in the crowd. Loved it. <laughs> I saw a couple of those. There was a youngster I saw at the top of the funeral uh, parade. Must have been about... 12, 13, 14 maybe, and there was a, a guy, like a fully grown adult dressed like it below me, and they looked brilliant. Uh, that's probably the only ones that are game specific. There's a few that talk about the game, but a lot more about uh, you know mixed in with the protest. So we'll we'll get to those a bit later on. Yeah, key dokey. Uh, Paul Glover said that Motter and his long balls frustrated me, uh, assuming you saw that on the pitch. Um, uh, <laughs> Dan, uh, well, unless he's closer to the uh, changing rooms than we thought he was, <laughs> uh, is that why he's been off it? Uh, Dan, Dan Sheed says tough to listen to Chuck on live tonight, not because of things off the pitch, just that it's tough to concentrate listening to Jose Riga. Uh, oh, fair enough. So that- 
not everyone, uh, not everyone, a big fan of Jose. I mean, it's so many questions asked about Jose on on Tuesday, and like, like I said, I, I was certainly up there. But you know, just he clearly struggled a lot more this time around than he had last time. Yeah, of course, yeah, it's a different, it's a whole different ball game. We got actually got an email from uh, that came in Wednesday, actually. So after the MK North game from Robin Lisbon, and I will try and read that out later if we get time. Thank you, thank you. Let's um, let's get on to Marco Motta. He came in to uh, the studio to to try and show. How many interviews have we had the last few weeks? Where the first thing we find out is that the player, the person we're trying to interview, don't speak English. Can't speak English. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is Marco Motta trying to chat to the uh, the press. Marco, uh, I'm beating three now, Chelton. Uh, why do you think the club have suddenly you know seems to be getting results uh, easier? I'm beating three now. What would you put down down for? What What do you? Sorry. Uh, Chelton haven't lost in three games now. Yeah. What do you put that down to? Yeah. But, uh, I, I don't understand. Charlton have? They haven't lost in three games? Yeah, three games. Well, why do you think that is? Why have you suddenly been able to win games and draw games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's better than, uh, than uh, one, one, week, uh, one week ago because when, uh, when the team uh, draw and uh, win, when, uh, in, in di- during the, this, w- this week, the last week, we, we took uh, seven points and uh, we are, we are ref- well happy because uh, this is the way for, for try to stay, to stay up because uh, now miss uh, nine games, uh, the mentality is uh, try to win all games. This is the uh, this is only way for us because uh, we, we need to stay up. What did, you, what did you put today's performance down to? Because obviously Middlesbrough, good side. Up there on the table. Yeah. How you I think uh, we we made uh, a very good game because uh, you said uh, said the truth. The, the Middlesbrough is uh, is a big team and uh, is uh, in different position. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, all uh, the, the team put on uh, on the pitch one hundred and fifty percent, and we won. And this is. You've been in obviously quite a lot of, lot of squads over the years. You played for a few different clubs. Uh, do you think there's enough quality in this club, in this dressing room? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, in this, yeah. The, the, the football for me is very simple. If uh, if we stay in this position, we 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 made the mistake. It's normal. But uh, I think uh, sometimes the, the football is strange, and I think in the, in this team uh, <coughs> there is a, a very good ca- good talent. And uh, we need to we need uh, to work work hard uh, every day during the training and uh, and try to stay up because uh, the past is past and this is the present. Did you did you find the protests and the stuff that was going on? How does that affect maybe yourself as a player? Yeah, I, I'm I'm arrived here uh, three weeks ago. I don't I don't know the. The situation about this, uh, I, I need to think uh, only about uh, about the pitch, and uh, this is my world. This is my job. I need to think. Uh, I said before to, to try to win, uh, work hard, uh, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, is n- is not good when uh, when uh, I I saw this, but I don't know why, and uh, th- there is this situation. The, the team the team played well despite everything else. That was going on. It was a it was a really good performance. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, today the the team played uh, very well and uh, bet, better than uh, than than is Middlesbrough because of the the, the result is two nil. Do you think the manager leaving or not being there today for Middlesbrough? Do you think that made a difference at all to to them? You, you played well as a team, but 
maybe maybe they weren't quite at their level they were before. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a good question because uh, I don't know. Usually, I I think only about uh, my team. Sometimes yeah. when uh, when in other in other teams uh, there is a problem uh, or there are problems, uh, I'm I'm happy because <laughs> it's, I have possi- we have possibility to to win. I don't know if. Uh, if there is or not the other uh, the the other gaffer the gaffer of Middlesbrough changed something, but uh, now I'm happy because uh, we we win to nil. Do you celebrate as defenders? Do you celebrate clean sheets? You got <laughs> yeah. turn around now. Got yeah, yeah. I, sp- I spoke. I spoke. I spoke before uh, with Tex uh, and Rod uh, and uh, and Foxy. We are, we are, I'm defender. We are defender, and when. Uh, the, when we, we don't take uh, the goal, is is fantastic for us, and, uh, because after we we need to to think about uh, scoring the goal, but it's not uh, our job. No, but uh, it's quite an experience. Morgan's younger, but the rest of you, the other the other three of you, you're, you're pretty experienced, aren't you, as defenders? Yeah, yeah, we are. We have experience. And we have a a, a, a good mix. Uh, <coughs> From from uh, experience and a uh, good talent, uh, yeah, good talent, young younger younger boys, and uh, it's good. Yeah, when when uh, I I <coughs> I told before uh, um, in other interview, uh, I'm arrived here for put my experience and for war, for try to win uh, all game and uh, help the squad for for try to win. Lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? Oh, he does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. The ball across the net again, eh? And there's a goal! Joel have the lead again. Super work. Firstly from Henderson to roll it out of Cousins, who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson. And instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide rule ball across the penalty area, picked out Vedicaley, who buried his chance, and Charlton 2-1 up. Live. Marco Motta there chatting to the press after uh, today's game with Middlesbrough. Right, I think we've drawn a line under under the game. Um, <coughs> obviously, the uh, the main talking point from today for me is uh, all the the chaos that surrounded it, the protests, the the beach balls coming on. It was started started off with the funeral, uh, carried on towards the beach balls, and we saw the whistles. We saw a, a miniature pitch invasion. Um, and then the uh, the walkout on seventy four minutes, but um, yeah, as uh, the, the 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 day's events started with the funeral march at the to- from the top of Charlton Church Lane all the way down Floyd Road with mourners um, surrounding the, uh, the 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 procession is quite a quite a big st- it's, it's it's quite an emotive motif really isn't it, the funeral yeah. yeah and the lining as well of the roads uh, either side of fans it was uh, yeah, it was very well done. I mean I didn't see it I've only seen uh, clips of it since. Because uh, obviously I was in the commentary position, so uh, um, I, I didn't, I wasn't able to to actually witness it firsthand. But uh, the uh, the reaction that's been given uh, suggests that it was uh, extremely well done. Yeah, it was really nice the way they brought it down. I mean, it's it properly well done. They had someone dressed up as a chief mourner with the top hat leading it down. Uh, the banner walking behind it got plenty of press uh, attention. I believe Sky filmed it. I was uh, I was there filming it on my phone. There was plenty of others doing the same. And uh, yeah, like I say, a, a good turnout. A good turnout. G- it gave us a good send off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was um, it was incredible. We said on Thursday that obviously a funeral is a hugely emotive 
emotive thing so to associate that with your club shows exactly what people feel and i was down by the the club uh, club shop and you could just hear this sort of haunting valley floyd road from around the corner and then the funeral uh, the coffin came around the top corner and down the street and it was very moving and very powerful to see and obviously the banner behind it and the, the sheer number of people that were there as well was incredible and yeah obviously one of the big things about this protest has been the whole two percent comment and there were just i don't know how many were there but there was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people it was a yeah really impressive start to the to the day's proceedings really yeah so after the uh, the first part of the proceedings which was this this funeral i caught up with ben hayes he was one of the men uh, walking with the um the uh, coffin he was one of the men who came up with the first he was pretty i think it was the first guy to come up with the spelling out in black and white idea of the black and white scarves and he was uh, he was there at the front today with the coffin i caught up with him just uh, so you can just, just so you know in the timeline this is just after the funeral uh, before the match i had a little bit of inside information about the whistles as well so ask me about that Joined outside the valley now, just after the the mock funeral procession by Ben Hayes from from Spell Out in Black and White campaign. That was a really powerful, a really powerful show of emotion from the Trump fans, wasn't it? Went really well. I looked behind me at one point, and there seemed to be thousands of people following us up Floyd Road. Uh, lots of photographers, Sky were there, so I'm really pleased. That great turnout from from the supporters. Yeah, really backed it. And a really powerful motif, the funeral um, motif. Why, why why did you guys choose that one? Well, it wasn't my choice, but I think it just shows it, it illustrates the the kind of the club and the the death of the club, that is, which is imminent under this ownership. Unless we get a change, things aren't going to get any better. The club is slowly dying. It's being mismanaged. It's being misrun. Uh, and there's no future for the club uh, the way it's been, been handled at the moment. Yeah. Not the only uh, uh, protest we've seen over the last few weeks. Obviously, you, uh, there, there was guys who went out to Belgium. You were mentioning there that their the banner was taken, but you've managed to get a similar banner. Yeah, fortunately, the, uh, the banner was confiscated. But because we we'd bought, originally we just bought another one, um, £150 well spent uh, from the, the protest fund that people have been very generously contributing for the last few months. And even today, people have given us money uh, to pay for those. So, yeah, the Belgian protest went really well. And we've recovered the one for Belgium. It's going to be given to some of the St. Truden fans for them to display in one of their bars there as a, <laughs> as a souvenir from their friends in Charlton. And today, also a, a new step for the spell out and for card uh, disrupting the games it sounds like there's a few things in in motion to try and actually disrupt the game that's 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 a big step again it's a very big step and it's not something that any of us wanted to take we would much rather be supporting the team and cheering them on to a victory and saying up but it's, it's reached the point now where that's so unrealistic and we have to use the tv presence uh, and disrupt it we don't want to stop the game we just want to disrupt it and make our point uh, otherwise that we'll, you know, we hope the team win but will, will we uh, there'll be whistles there'll be beach balls Maybe by the time this goes out hopefully we'll have seen all this so uh, please don't pull it out now uh, and there'll be the walkout I and mean, that'll be interesting to see what the response is to the walkout and how they hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys. Yeah, so you, do you know what sort of percentage you're expecting from, from a walkout from today's game? I, I think anything more than 2% will be a success. <laughs> to, to, to flat a cliche. Not everyone wants to walk out. I don't particularly want to walk out, but I'll be doing it because I, I, I want to protest. It's, it's one of the few avenues left open to us once. Katrina Mir closed down all the communication with fans and just said that you know, she wasn't interested in talking to fans. We just had to accept what Roland wanted, whether we liked it or not. And I think the message now is quite clear that we don't like it and we're not going to accept it. Some fans have been talking on social media about invading the pitch after an hour. This is not a card initiative, is That's it? not a card initiative. Obviously, those people have to be saluted for being that brave. But they're adults, they take that risk and um, hopefully they'll be sensible and uh, non-violent if, if, if and when they do get on the pitch. Ben, thanks for joining us here on Channel Nine. You're welcome. So that was Ben Hayes. There. I spoke to him just behind the uh, the North Stand, um, uh, just before the game, the covered end. Uh, clearly, it's clearly a lot of planning's gone into this. Um, he talks about the, the funds. A lot of fans have uh, donated to the fund as well. So much hard work has gone into these protests. Absolutely, and it's and it and you can tell as well. You know, and there, I spoke to Ben myself before the game, um, just outside Bartram's, and uh, <clears throat> you know, he was saying it wasn't just thrown together. It, it was a lot of planning, a lot of organising. They contacted all the relevant authorities just to make sure that they could actually do this legally. So, you know, there are people who know this stuff, mm. and so they're just, it's not it's not just sort of uh, a couple of blokes in a pub knocking up a plan and uh, and think let's go for it. Yeah, uh, on seventy four minutes, we saw the walkout. Seventy four, of course, is the amount of goals that we've conceded this season, including the cup games. Um, what did you make of that? I, found, I don't know, from, from the, vi- the visual aspects of all the protests, I think that was probably not as good as the other ones for me because it just felt like not as many people went out as possible. From my but- standpoint in, uh, in the commentary box, I couldn't see behind me or, or below mm. me, so I don't know what the, the, the reaction was in the West End, for mm. example. But there were quite a few left from the, t- uh, the upper covenant, I think. Um, less so from the East. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously some fans did because you can hear them behind the stand. Yeah. So, you know, it... it, it it um, it got some people out, but I think I mentioned before the kickoff um, on air that uh, it, I felt that even then that with the with the position we're in, if we are one nil up with ten minutes to go or fifteen minutes to go, people would be find it really mm. tough to leave. Yeah, really I mean, tough. Missing parts of the game is a bit that I think we'd always struggle. That's why. That's Had we a, been two nil up, I think yeah. more people would have left. I, I agree. agree. Weirdly, yeah. But the the other thing I will say is that obviously the the people who were outside missed the second goal, and and whereas they would have been, they would have felt. A little bit disappointed that they've missed a goal. I think they would have. I think they still would have stood by the fact that they think it was worth it. It was. It shows that it's not about the result today, and it, of course it wasn't about the result today. It was about the the fact that they feel that the club is being dragged down through this horrible this horrible mess that we're in. No, agreed. I think, uh, and I, I think I have to also say that I said on air that um, it would have more of an impact if we are winning, and and it's a tight game if yep. people walk out. And I think regardless of the number. The impact should still be there because uh, for people to leave when we're one nil up and it's a really tight game uh, speaks volumes, I think. Mm. Uh, right, we've had uh, plenty of tweets in. Alex Selig says that Morgan Fox was brilliant today. My man of the match blocked six crosses by my count and had numerous key interceptions. Lewis Sullivan says, I remember being at the Sheffield Wednesday protest and people were saying it's toxic. We won today the same concerns uh, and we won again. Because this was a conversation that I was having with uh, Stedman on Twitter during the week, actually. Because he, um, he, he wrote a piece for, for London 24 that sort of mentioned... Uh, he, one of his lines said they were, they were talking about a, a, a toxic atmosphere at the Valley and he said that we haven't, we haven't won 
here at the Valley since November, owing largely to the toxic atmosphere. And I argue that it's the other way around. The toxic atmosphere argues uh, owes largely the fact that we haven't run won for so long and, and the owners. So I believe that the chicken egg and the egg situation here is that the players start playing well and then the toxic atmosphere goes away and they wouldn't have a toxic one if their players weren't playing bad if if they weren't playing bad yeah i mean it's uh, you know it's all ifs and buts but let's say for example <clears throat> that rod fanny header had gotten sneaked in in that near post just before half time we may be we may be having a completely different conversation now <laughs> uh uh, Alex Rogan says Charlton fans can all be proud of their efforts to make <coughs> great effective protests as well as support for the side for 90 minutes. Uh, have we got a few emails? Tell? Yeah, what I'm going to do, um, and apologies for the throat, by the way, after Callum Harriet's second goal, as you probably <laughs> guessed from the highlights, it's, it's, it's gone. But um, uh, I'm going to read a couple of emails out because uh, we have to, you know, we should do this, not have to, we should do this. There are, um, not everybody uh, is fully in support. I mean, it, it, I'm sure it is a minority, but not everybody is. So I'm going to read a couple of emails. The first from Nathan Pryor, which we've received tonight, uh, and then the next one from Robin Lisbon, uh, uh, sorry, not Robin, from... Um, Paul Mace, which we received um, uh, just after last week's show, uh, not in time to read it out, so I'm going to read it out tonight. So, and these are slightly uh, a slightly differing view to to the majority that we received, but we uh, we should read them out anyway. And firstly, Nathan Pryor. Thanks, Nathan. All those who support Card are still showing themselves to be complete tools, and are basically becoming dictators. Um, Hitler blamed the Jews for Germany's problems. Donald Trump is blaming the Muslims. <laughs> Shall I stop? No. Uh, for America's problems. And Carter blaming the Belgians for Charlton's problems. I'm surprised Carter haven't raided Woolwich Barracks yet and stolen everything in there to take their Charlton back. Uh, also, what is our Charlton? There is uh, no definition for it, so why should it be used? Say, if you go to Sainsbury's every week, does it mean it's your Sainsbury's? No, does it? No matter what you say. Sorry, has Nathan ever been to a football uh, game? <laughs> <laughs> As uh, Mira said, we're all customers. Are you paying money for something? It means you're a customer. There's no way around it. Uh, Louis, why are you even presenting this? We, we know you're biased, so anything we will never get as a bonus for you. Uh, so there we are, you biased man. Uh, uh, and uh, he, he, he's, tweet, he's, he's emailed in. He's more than welcome to email in. It's his opinion, we have to read it out. Yeah, well, we don't have to. Uh, and, if, and there were a couple of little references that I, I pulled out of there because I didn't think they were appropriate. Yeah. But um, also, Paul Mace, who, uh, who uh, emailed us in after uh, last week's uh, show, uh, but not in time for us to read it out. So. Uh, why can there be no conversation or debate about the awful atmosphere caused by Card and Airman Arrogance and his goons? It is they who spoil it. On Saturday, no standing up and chanting in second half. Result, enjoyable football. I hope um, uh, Airman and the rest don't renew. Uh, they act like uh, adolescent boys egging each other on to shout profanities and wear solly masks. Uh, I haven't seen any solly masks, have you? No, I haven't no, seen anyway. any. Uh, no one cares about the likes of me whose enjoyment is spoiled by blocking my view. Um, in, uh, in challenging them to sit down or go outside and post i've been called uh, well i won't put that word in <coughs> and a tory uh, an irish marauder a colonialist supporting the british in the american war of independence uh, these goons uh, have poisoned the atmosphere and blown the belgians once arrested in belgium for such behavior they declare undying love and friendship for the belgian people really um meanwhile emma brown keeps stirring it producing a fake program for saturday's game he made a major point of accusing de chatelet of spending his own money on buying the club and then loaning the club money for necessary things uh, standard business practice for card a bigger up inaccuracy he ignores the glaciers who actually borrowed money to buy manchester united and saddled it with debt of at least 670 million now that is a large debt the club have never had before the glaciers however this appears okay by emma brown instead they try to encourage each other not to renew season tickets next season good i hope they stay away better still clear off now but don't tell me how to spend my money the atmosphere has turned fan on fan really some now wear fulham colors and support the visitors by cheering goals for the opponents 
They then blame the lack of heart from our side. Really? Lookman signed a new contract. This is an improvement on players walking away. No praise for this, though. If I was Lookman's father, he would, I would not have signed to stay at such a caustic atmosphere. And that's regards from uh, Paul Mace. Well, so there we are, two differing views uh, of what's going on. Yeah, uh, that, well, that was, uh, that was fascinating. That was uh, Lewis Willis says, people blaming the protest don't seem to realise that we played away from home and lost 6-0 and 5-0. Was there protest there? No. Uh, also to mention that we, of course, uh, protested quite ferociously today and won 2-0. Uh, and, <laughs> and the atmosphere was fantastic. And the atmosphere today. was absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, the... the, the um, the, uh, Nathan accusing me of being biased. Um, you know, I've always done my very best to try and give everyone their chance to to make their point of view on this show. So I'd completely. Well, I think I think probably misreading uh, what uh, the fact that everybody has an opinion. So mm. uh, what I would say is that uh, you you have a side that you're on. And you voice that side. So yeah. th- that's how it is. Yeah. Uh, you can't... Look, I mean, uh, when I do commentary, I have to stay uh, fairly neutral because that's the nature of the beast. Uh, I, I just commentate on what I see and what's going on. Uh, when this show... This show is different. This show is about fans' views. Uh, and as a fan, if you have a view on a certain thing, wh- uh, whether it be one side or the other, that's not biased. That's just explaining your view. Uh, and I don't think we've ever ignored anybody else's view on this show. Uh, in fact, I would... Um, actually uh, oppose that uh, that very thing. So uh, I'd like you to find out in, at any point where we haven't read out uh, an email unless it's abusive, yeah. uh, giving giving different views. Yeah. Um, we've also got one from Robin Isma, which is is actually more of a, uh, an anti-Riga uh, statement. So again, I'd like to read it out, and then uh, people can um, judge that. And this came after the MK Dons game, so it's it, you know it's 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 interesting to see or to read. Um, and this is from Robin Lisbon. We've all been saying the same thing now, week in, week out, since Fry was appointed in October. We need nothing less than a season championship manager. But true to form, we get Riga. Nice guy, maybe, but who needs that? Yet our brilliant fans get behind him and the team. He has certainly learned more about the political art of football uh, in that if you talk all the time, even in riddles, there are fewer quite nasty questions to answer. Last time around, Riga inherited Chrissy Powell's team and coaching and scouting infrastructure, who, <coughs> excuse me, who were always staying up, so he looked good. But now he has proven he's not nearly good enough, maybe even as bad as Fry. Last night was frankly pathetic, and for him to blame two games in three days and not really stand up and be accountable for his first-team selection and tactics was shameful. He should resign to save face. A Sunday, I'm guessing, fans will be on his case as well, and I suspect it may all turn nasty. Anyone could now take over and it wouldn't be worse. So why him? I'm available. Uh, <laughs> Robin got, uh, Rotherham got their man in Warnock, which was a great bit of business. Well done to their CEO. Watch them play. There's more fight and passion in one Rotherham player than our whole team. Warwick brings that steel, that belief, determination, fight and organisation. Uh, Warnock, I think he means there. Uh, and us, we're not going down fighting. We've just got a whimper with another one of Roland's so-called trusted servants who's like everyone else associated with him way out of his depth. For everyone's sake, now has to be the last straw. Does demonstrating put off the players? Well, the fans again gave amazing support, despite watching a team that didn't turn up and a manager who showed to me that he has no clue or animation on the touchline. And because fans don't stand up for Roland Atcher, or didn't stand up for Roland Atcher in the game, it at least proved the past stand-up demonstrations didn't affect the players as last night. The team were even worse. The only path left is to stop the free fall through to League One is unrelenting pressure uh, to pass ownership on and let us rebuild while we at least have something to build on. Don't walk away, stay and help, save our Charlton. Don't give up, just keep relentless pressure for an ownership change and it will come. We're all gutted and frustrated, but really appreciate being able to unload it here. Thanks, guys. And that's from uh, Robin Lisman. Interesting stuff. Uh, Kevin Kraut uh, tweets in, what the F am I listening to uh, when it comes to the last couple of emails? (laughs) Uh, London Inigita says, just just got in, so we'll listen to the podcast, but can't believe there's many uh, against the protest. Right, um, 
I think uh, we'll, we'll play the Richard Corley interview now. Before, uh, uh, just before he, he shot off home today, uh, I caught up with Richard Corley, the assistant sports editor of the South London Press. We'll hear what he had to say as in sort of an outside point of view uh, of how we saw the protest today and how he saw the, uh, the, the game, the relegation battle going on. Then we'll, uh, we'll come back and we'll finish off your emails. Delighted to be joined here on Chelten Live by the South London Press assistant sports editor, Richard Corley. Richard, uh, thanks for coming into the studio to join us. Um, quite an eventful day at the Valley today, wasn't it? It was busy. I think we knew it was going to be busy. Uh, I wish I'd had more people here to help me, but uh, that was just the way it was. Um, but no, it was um, it was to be expected. You know, I think um, as soon as the game was sort of picked as a TV game, uh, you know, speaking to the, the the guys that are protesting, I think they felt it was an opportune window to to have their say, and um, I'm sure they'll view it from their side as a really effective way they did it in terms of sort of halting the game early on and the the coughing that procession and everything else that went on on the day um obviously the walkout i don't i think there were significant numbers out there from what i could see but i suppose typically charlton were winning at the time as well which perhaps um throws things a bit and in terms of the actual performance on the pitch i thought the players did really really well um it's, it's strange how two big protests the home game against um sheffield wednesday i think it was where the team played really well again and then today as well it it, it does perhaps back up I think some of the stuff that you've been tweeting that it doesn't necessarily affect the players I think individual criticism of players affects them but I think the protest as a whole doesn't affect them in in all your years of sports reporting have you ever seen fans trying to try and get a game disrupted that like that no no I I haven't Um, in fact the the Charlton situation is pretty unique Um, in all the time I've been covering football I've never known fans to to protest as vociferously as as you know some of the fans are a lot of fans are so um that tells its own story particularly in modern day football i think um you know going back into the probably 70s etc and 80s and so on I, th- I think it's become more of a sort of family experience and i think things have toned down a little bit over the years and um, i think for supporters to want to um in a non-aggressive way sort of voice their displeasure the way they have I think it shows exactly that there is that strength of feeling um, I don't know how much impact it's truly having beyond the fact that it's not particularly portraying Charlton in a good light for the club generally I'm talking about not the fans uh, you know uh, high profile on Sky today and everything else and you, you know you've got that kind of stuff going on I think uh it's going to be interesting to see what the club do to mend the bridges because I don't totally see how, well, I don't see how they can be built um, or rebuilt. I think, you know, at the moment it looks it, it looks a difficult situation, really. You yourself were lucky enough to get a chance to sit down with Roland Duchatelet a few weeks ago. What sort of impression did you get of the man? And do you, do you think that he, these protests are affecting him? Do you think the fact that he felt the need to speak to you was perhaps a sign that the protests are affecting him? Uh, I, I, I think the protests perhaps were a sign that he felt that he had to do um, some interviews. Obviously, he did one with the club, he did one with myself. Um, you know, I think um, it, it's brought it home to him what the situation is. But in terms of the actual interview itself, there were things he said, which obviously I think people at the time, you know, it's been pulled apart what he said. Uh, he's got his opinion on what he wants to do. He made it very clear he doesn't agree with the spending levels in the championship. In some respects, I can understand that, you know, the money 
has gone out of control for clubs what they do spend but um, he seems to be sort of I think I described it myself at one stage he's kind of swimming against a tsunami at the moment and I think that's a difficult one for him and obviously there are other side issues as well he was supportive of Katrine who's you know uh, been somebody that the fans have obviously have sort of uh, selected as another target that they, 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 they see as another problem so I think when you listen to what he said I, I walked away from it and I wasn't really too clear how he was going to turn things round um, you know I don't know how you can mend bridges when you're you know you're, you're back in Belgium you're not coming to games you're not really getting a full scope of it of course it's not the only not the only football club that that's a situation with you know my club Fulham you've got the same with Shahi Khan where he's he's not about albeit he has invested um, he spent four million on two centre-backs that aren't playing now but there you know there are these I think foreign ownership generally I'm not sure how well it works you know if you look at I know people it's a dirty word but Crystal Palace you know you've got American investors that have come on board but you've still got somebody that's kind of got a key say and still got a, a big stake in the club in, in Steve Parrish so I think you kind of need that I think it's very very hard when you haven't got people that I think nowadays the modern day game I think Roland perhaps is right in the sense that he says if people come in whether it would be an another group they're interested in buying the club I do wonder if there is maybe a, a sort of a local fan who or somebody that's grown up that's got the money to actually do it I don't necessarily think that's there anymore in the in the British game which uh, you know is a, I think is, is a shame you know yeah. as, a, as a Fulham fan I'd love to see a, somebody own the club that really genuinely cared about it and on uh, just for the short term, I guess there there is still this relegation battle going on here at the Valley. You and I have just been sort of joking in the press room that I, I keep changing my mind after every game. Well, you 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 you, you, you <laughs> said they'd gone a while ago, but yeah. I think I put that down to your attention seeking. That's all it is. <laughs> no, I, 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 I still do think that the, 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 there's too much there's too much of a mountain to climb. And even though we did, I did enjoy it today, um, you you said after the was it the Reading game that you think Charlton are down as well as today? Yeah, no, I, I I I still think that it's pretty pretty much. Um, t- too much to do. I mean, I thought today Jose Rodriguez been in there in the in the in the in there before, and he said that he didn't think the Karanka situation affected them. I think it did. Um, I think that defensively they didn't look right. Um, I mean, in saying that they've been conceding more goals, they haven't kept as many clean sheets in recent weeks. If you look back, but I thought they they looked like they'd lost a bit of you know a little bit of direction really and that's bound to happen when you have something happen like that I think sometimes players use it as an excuse now flipping that I would say that if you look at what the Charlton players have done uh, there's uh, I think people have uh, been critical of the team at times when in fact quite often there have been games where they've obviously got beaten heavily or they've not played played well but whenever I've been over here and I'm not here home and away like you are every single game but the games I've seen they they do you know it's, it's a lack of quality quite often and there's mistakes or there's sendings off or whatever it might be but I look at the actual team and I think they actually yeah again today you know they worked hard MK Dons yeah it was an awful game there wasn't a lot of chances created but they did work really really hard in that game as well you know I, I, I don't see them chucking my towel in and luckily they've still got some players here that do care Jordan Cousins you know all over the place breaking forward late in the game you know you've got so many players that kind of are good people here so 
it's a, it's a difficult one, but going back to it, I still don't think they're going to be able to get out of it just because I think that to even get to that area where you're beginning to look like you might be safe, I think other teams will pick up points and I think even just the odd, there needs to be a bit more. But in saying that, you know, we're sitting here now and they're, you know, they're on a decent little run, you know, um, seven points from, from, from nine, three unbeaten. They've stopped conceding goals the last couple of games. I thought, I think, um, Texera and Fanny together, they actually, you know, they, 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 they've begun to look okay. Fanny overplays a little bit, I think, at times, or he likes to try and bring the ball out. He got away with it today. I think Texera is no frills. He's not maybe the most refined of centre-backs, but of the ones that have been signed, when you compare him to Naby Sarr, um, I actually think that he's he's actually done okay. So, um, yeah, I think... Um, I think I think it probably is too much for them, but um, what time will tell. Sheffield Wednesday away will be interesting, won't it? When you look yeah. at it, I mean, yeah, I mean that's a team that's won three 0 at Forest yesterday. So, they're obviously enjoying a decent season as well. Rich, um, thanks for coming to join us here in the chat last year. I know we've got to get off home. Don't not used to working on Sundays. No, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you say that I never stop. But, uh, <laughs> no, no, no worries. Yeah, cheers, Rich. All right, cheers, mate. <laughs> is fed in, lovely touch, goes round his player, chips across the box, Jackson, oh yes, what a goal by Johnny Jackson, arriving late in the box, Holmes Dennis with a pinpoint cross, and the skippers give a Charlton the lead. Charlton line. That was Richard Corley, the uh, assistant sports editor of the South London Press, uh, uh, gave us a little view about how uh, outsiders see the club, because it's always interesting, I guess, when you, you could say that you know, people like us who, who go up and down the country might might find ourselves expecting more or ex- more bias. We we might be going too easy, or we might be so disappointed with the, where we are in the, in the league that we're going too hard. So it's interesting to hear a more neutral voice, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I've got to be honest, and, I, and Tom, um, I'll probably have to ask you this question. I didn't realise we had such a uh, attention-seeking, biased person in front of us. No, nah, neither did I. Yeah, it's a bit, no. of, a bit of an eye well, opener. Richard me. Corley expresses a lot of views on them. I mean, <laughs> he, he also he also said this in the studio that again. Louis Mendes is a god. Oh, there you go. So there you go. And <laughs> I, I, did, I reckon I that, that might be heavily him. edited. As Even well. though it sounds like I'm prompting him at the start, <laughs> I didn't prompt him to say that. <laughs> right, let's uh, let's have a listen to uh, to your emails and tweets. It's a couple uh, from Seb Lewis. Seb says, "I reckon we'll probably need six wins from our last games, but if we can't get out of it, it'll be back to League One." Uh, hopefully to rise again. Uh, David Jarvis says, have you seen that the club statement issued? First time they've acknowledged the protest. And I think I will read this out now just before we go into the emails because um, like I say, it's very, it's very, you never see a response to it. And this response is the most clearly manufactured to try and ease the press I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's already the PA uh, uh, Press Association dugout Twitter account have already fallen for the trap saying oh it looks like Charlton are going to make everything right now because of this this statement here uh, yeah. so this isn't the first time we've heard this um, the club said today the club is extremely saddened by the situation which has led to supporters demonstrating ahead of and during the match against Middlesbrough on Sunday every supporter has the right to voice their opinion and we're determined to do everything we can to work together with supporters to build our relationship with them and to make sure they remain at the heart of this club we would like to thank supporters for getting behind the team today as we picked up a valuable three points in our fight to stay in the championship doesn't say doesn't admit any mistakes as many of the many mistakes we've seen I mean remember when Richard Murray did his interview 
the day they released it, the same day they sent a copy to the Evening Standard so they could go straight in the paper that evening. Because if you're a Chelsea Spurs fan or just uh, you know someone who's not that interested in, in Charlton, which is most people, to be fair, you'll read that and go, oh, well, those protests have worked. They're all going to work together now and they're going to have a lovely old time. And I agree with you, uh, but I'm sort of in the camp where, what did you expect? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's going to happen. It's a, it's a PR response from, uh, from an official organisation. You know. Am I surprised by it? Not really. Yeah, well, I guess you could, yeah, you could say that. I think the, uh, what, what the fans who are protesting want to achieve is it obviously shows that it, perhaps from this statement that they're not, not planning on turning around and walking out just yet. Put it this way, they're not going to turn around and put, issue a statement saying, well, yeah, uh, yeah, we saw the protest, but we really don't give a monkeys. They're not going <laughs> to do it, are they? Yeah, because that would be bad PR. <laughs> <There you laughs> uh, right, let's, yeah. uh, let's, uh, let's have a pop well, got, at the email. Yeah, I've got one that uh, we received midweek, and, um, and it's a guy who listens to the podcast, and uh, it's Robert Jones, and thanks, Robert. Um, he, uh, he, he says, uh, hi, guys, excellent podcast, even despite the situation surrounding the club. I'm a Stoke supporter myself, but one of my best friends is a born and bred addict, and through him I've developed a soft spot for Charlton over the years. We've been to a handful of away games over the past, past couple of seasons, rather, including last season's battering of Wigan away. It's such a shame to uh, see such an honest club in disrepair and mismanaged so badly, all of Chris Powell's hard work completely undone. You can only hope that another team of grafters could be prepared in League One with a, perhaps a suitable youth injection, and if Lookman isn't sold. But again, you can only hope. As you've said, uh, as you've all said time and time again, the Championship is a very demanding league, and the spine of experienced players goes without saying. While the odd foreign import might hit the ground running, you can't always afford that luxury. Hope it all works out in the end, i.e. Uh, Roland sells up. Either way, I'd like to pop down the valley at some point, regardless of the division. Keep up the good work. Cheers, and that's from Rob Jones, yeah, uh, Stoke fan. Yeah, that's fascinating to hear that a Stoke fan has, has taken so much interest in the club, because it shows that, I think, Charlton are seen as a, and you, you'll, you would have seen the responses on Twitter today, Charlton are seen as a well-respected club for our fans, for our history, fighting to get back to the valley, Every, you know, everyone knows about that. Um, that's why I was interested to see how, how the reaction to that protest would be, and the majority of people were stuck with us. There was a couple of Borough fans who felt, there was one tweet in me, felt that we were cheating, trying to put their players off, but I mean, the whistles were going at both ends of the pitch, for starters. Well, um, uh, to be fair, that whistle, the first one that went off, everybody stopped. It wasn't just mm. Borough players, every single person stopped. I mean, we reacted better afterwards uh whereas borough didn't that's true um but uh, that's probably more to do with their players rather yeah. than uh, the situation well, again because i asked the uh the question of the um uh, the BBC T's guy, he's probably a former Middlesbrough player, but I don't recognise him, they were doing a phone-in after the game, and I asked him asked him if any of the fans were ringing in, talking about the protest itself, and arguing it put them off, and they said, they, they were, they were. there was one or two maybe, but most people were just talking about the Middlesbrough's players' performance, um, so I think a lot of people obviously uh, understood that it was our protest for a reason, and also didn't think it affected the, and I don't think it will have affected the players on either team that much. No, I don't but so. After the first whistle, they knew to ignore it. Basically. Well, I think that I think there was two. I think there was that one that was uh, in our in and around the, the sort of left side or our right side of the penalty area, uh, where everybody stopped. And then there was one a little bit later where um, they were going down the right side. I think it was, and uh, uh, um seemed to stop thinking he was uh, caught offside <laughs> when he wasn't. Uh, but I don't think he'd had control of the ball anyway. So I don't think either of the whistles uh, in those particular two particular occasions affected the game in any way. Uh, Richard Strayslack says it's a, uh, talking about that 
club response says it's a joke response from a joke organisation of uh, poor comedians. Uh, Callum Wadlin says Arsenal friend of mine describes Charlton as everyone's second club. Uh, Steve Jones, uh, I assume not the former striker, <laughs> says a brilliant day. Beach balls and whistles, hilarious. Walkouts seem to have divided fans. Cheered our second from the car park because that's interesting. I did wonder how the fans in the car park felt when, when that second goal went in. I assume they just cheered because you know they're still Charlton supporters, of course. Of course they would. I mean, it, you know, regardless of. Uh uh, of the situation, you still want your team to win. Uh, I know there are a few that might say that uh, going down may um, influence the situation, but regardless of that, when you're actually in the situation, you know you're in the game. You want to win it. No yeah, question. You don't want to don't, don't want to go down. That's the the last thing that we want. Right on. Back on to the emails, Kel. Uh Yeah, I've got um, a few about uh, that have arrived today. Uh, Zaki Dogliani, and now hopefully we pronounce that right. Yeah, uh, after I, I met Zaki today, it was a real pleasure, and he also told me how to pronounce his name, and I've already forgotten. But you forgot. Yeah. Uh, so thanks, Zaki. Uh, proud Charlton fan today. Proud of cousins Pope, Fox, Harriet, and Harriet in particular after their excellent performances in the last three games. But most of all. I'm proud of all the fans who attended the funeral procession and who walked out on 74. I've never left a game early until today, but it was great to see so many do so. The club ta- club's tactics get uh, more and more de- desperate every week to put the police message on the screen as 74 minutes approach to confuse fans as to when to walk out was that, churlish at best. That was so that frustrated me. The fact they put it on mm. at that minute, yeah. I thought was yeah. a real a real disappointing. Uh, thing. But the regime surely won't last much longer. I hope not. And that's from Zaki. Thank you, mate. Uh, Christopher Davis. Hello. I challenge you to find one supporter who does not work for the club uh, who would like to see Roland Gatring given another chance. Well, we've and heard, we've happy for them to continue. <laughs> Running the club, I don't believe there is one. Well, there we are. Uh, Who has who has uh, re uh, re emailed? So I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Martin Eisted, thanks, Martin. Uh, Hi, Louis. Uh, Just an observation that I noticed today when walking out on seventy-four minutes with my father and son, and a collective total of one hundred seven years of never leaving before the final whistle. Whistle. We gathered at the back of the stand with many others. What was very noticeable was the amount of older generation women and men that had also worked out walked out for the first time. I know this is this was the first time as the older generation seemed to talk to each other more when in a group. Just shows how deep the feelings are running across all ages. Uh, PS 007, did you get that sticker on him? I'm not, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, he, tw- he tweeted me earlier. Yes. Oh, that was the one you were talking so, about. Yeah, he sent me the, the target to try and get a sticker on Chrissy Powell, but I didn't actually see him close up to that. I saw him on the pitch be- when I went in. Uh, a few hours before the game, he was on the pitch doing a bit with Sky there, and then he went up. They went up to the studio, so I didn't actually get to see him, unfortunately. So there we are. We can add um, failure to attention seeker. <laughs> <and bias>. But <laughs> Aaron May has uh, emailed us in. Hi, gang! Great show as always. I'm 100 percent behind the protest, and would like to say well done to Card, and also to thank them for their hard work in organising the protest. My question for the crew is an on-field related one. In light of Pope's two consecutive clean sheets. Should we stick with him over Hendo between the posts? And also with Lennon back from suspension, Bauer back training again, and Solly hopefully back soon, should we change the back four from the last couple of games to include the aforementioned individuals or stick with the current back four? It's an interesting one. Pope, you, I, I can't see us dropping Pope. No, though, because he's not done anything to yeah, deserve being dropped. He's done nothing wrong. Plus, Henderson's been having such a, a difficult season, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And um, we were all clambering for, for Henderson to get back in the side, weren't we, back uh, when he was injured previously. But no, I think... Um, Pope's come in, done a fantastic job, hasn't really put a foot wrong. Like uh, Terry said earlier, he's commanded his box really well, which has been one of the weaknesses of Henderson, uh, Henderson so far. Yeah, unlucky with his injuries recently, Hendo, isn't he? Yeah, he's from a dead it? leg to the finger. To the finger in the problem. space of, what, a week? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, apparently it happened in the same game, but he did, uh, because of the dead leg, uh, they didn't really concentrate on the, on the yeah. finger, thinking it, was, uh, it, would, it would heal up quickly, uh, and hasn't. But 
as we said, Pope's grabbed his chance, and, and it would be remiss, I think, to, to drop it. And the back yeah. four is an interesting one, because you would normally expect Bauer to walk straight back in. But that's going to be difficult, because I thought Rod Van Heer had a really good game today. That it? was his best game yeah. by, uh, by a long his, way. His own goal so, attempt. Well, yeah, but he had to get, I mean, as I said in commentary, he had to get something on it, because um, Rhodes was sniffing around in that six-yard box, so he, he felt he had to go for Quite it. Quite, we've seen Rhodes down here for a few a few appearances, isn't it? Yeah, Absolutely. my mate who was uh, watching the game, he's a Blackburn fan, he said Rhodes just struggles to play up there on his own, on his own. and um, just, Borough fans have been saying it. it's the same with Blackburn as soon as Gested left at Blackburn he struggled and same thing today really yeah just struggled to do it on his own it's curious that they've got uh, you know somebody like uh, um, Nugent. Uh, Nugent on the bench and they don't yeah. use him well they need someone like that a target man alongside him and he'll just finish off the even chances even I mean Stuani's made goals uh, yeah. since he's played so just yeah. not playing two up front is a strange one yeah a few posts on the Channel Life forum to catch up with TCS, uh, TCE sorry says nurse nurse Nathan's got out of bed again get the tranquilizer gun VFF <laughs> uh, says excellent show enjoying it nice to see you showing some opposing views even though they obviously don't have a clue brackets Nathan Pryor in particular effective protest the procession before the game was very powerful the beach ball protest was also very good visually the whistles were a surprise I walked out on 74 minutes and it was really difficult to do given that Charlton were winning I felt that it had to be done because things won't improve at the club until the ownership changes social media helps the protest not be forgotten the Motta interview was difficult to listen to, and Riga talks a lot. Inter- interesting interview of Richard <laughs> Corley. Uh, good comparison of Fanny and Nabi Sar. Ari, the club statement. I'm very saddened about what the club have been doing and the inept way the club has been run too, because obviously the club said they were very saddened about the uh, the protest today. Inspector Sands on the forum says, enjoying the programme, good ski, uh, to get Richard Corley's perspective on things. Uh, Nathan has actually emailed us back in. Uh, donations to Carter are a stupid idea, he says. Why not donate the money to charity instead? It will come into good use there and not, uh, I think be careful with this one, not line in the pockets of some jumped up people who want their 15 minutes of fame. I don't think wow. this is going into anyone's pockets, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, that's, obviously that's a <coughs> ridiculous accusation uh, as well. But I mean, the 15 minutes of fame thing, that's something I noticed he put on Twitter the other day as well um, I, I don't see anyone who's in this for the, for the fame I think they're only in it for the club yeah naturally people who are kind of arranging and organising these protests are going to get a bit of limelight because they're trying to make the, the protests themselves public but I think as you can see from the things today it's all about the collective uh, under the the scheme the card scheme and the idea of everyone pulling together and I don't think it's necessarily like uh, like Terry said, this has been well thought out and well planned. It's not two two blokes in a pub and trying to get themselves any fame. I think it's all sort of a whole organisation. What really I'd like together. to stress, and I've stressed this a few times, and, and, and I'm not, I don't, uh, I'm not going to apologise for repeating myself uh, because what I want to see, and maybe it's a utopian idea, but um, <clears throat> what we have to understand is that the people, whether you agree with it or not. Uh, but the people who are behind card or behind all the protests or beyond getting this stuff together are passionately uh, um, behind what they believe uh, and they believe it to be for the best intentions of the club so you can you can disagree with what they're doing quite quite rightly so that's your, that's um, that's everybody's right but you, what you can't do is question the motives i don't think you can't question the fact that they're doing this for the for the good of the club mm. uh, i know you know we all know quite a few people who are, who are responsible for for what's going on and we know how committed they are yeah. to this football club, I mean, and how, especially the history involved. Yeah, especially the, the fifteen minutes of fame thing, because I've asked. There's a lot of people behind the scenes at Cars that you don't know, and I'm always asking for interviews. 
Uh, and I make quite clear that I, every time I like to try and speak to someone different, there's, there's quite a few people who, who don't like to do it. So there's there's various people like Danny from the the forum. Um, it was I was, I was trying to I was trying, trying to get Matt Wright to speak today. These people don't actually want to speak. These people aren't there for the line. Like they're working really hard behind the scenes because like, they want to help. I'll tell you what, if you ever get Danny to speak, I mean I've been trying for about five years to get to <laughs> so do an interview. You just won't. The ones that have as well have often been said they want to be anonymous as well. So they're happy to give opinions, but they don't want to be named. It was that time I interviewed myself as well. <laughs> he was that, anonymous. That as well. was yeah, one in particular. It's a bit attention seeking, isn't it? Yeah, biased <laughs> attention seeking. <laughs> Add it to the list. Got a couple of emails for for which are uh, one's a game related and one's uh, is a is a is a question for us on uh, on generally how the season uh, might pan out. Uh, we'll do the. Um, uh, uh, hold on, I've highlighted them wrong, beg your pardon. I'll come back to that. There we go. Right, uh, this is from uh, Simon Monk. Uh, Ari in brackets. Uh, thanks, Ari. Evening, Louis and Terry. Listening to the show, uh, uh, and Tom, listening to the show live for the first time in a long while. Uh, still can't figure out why we can play like we did today and, and last Saturday at Brentford, but then put in that awful performance midweek against MK Dons in the must-win match. It just goes to show that there is talent there. Organisation, desire and leadership have been sadly lacking for most of the season. I'm half tempted to take the club up on their offer for each coat travel to Wednesday, as I've never been to Hillsborough. However, I have this nagging reminder in my head telling me that they always let me down when I get my hopes up. We'll see. Uh, I need, well, we all know that feeling, absolutely. Uh, and Paul Douglas, right? This is this is one for uh, for all of us. Uh, hi guys, thank you for the service you provide. It's uh, it's our pleasure, Paul. Uh, I know that Louis has analysed this a while ago, but here's my take on the future results. Are you ready for this? Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> right, Sheffield Wednesday, a win, three points. Birmingham, a draw, one point. Ipswich, a draw, one point. QPR, a draw, one point. Derby, a draw, one point. Bolton, a win, three points. And then we've got Brighton, Leeds and Burnley, all losses, which gives us a total of uh, uh, 42 points. Ooh, Is that it's enough? going to be tight. Yeah. That also means we're going on like a nine-game unbeaten run, yeah. which uh, I'd take. He also points out there was a couple where he did draw-stroke win. Uh, there were three of them, particularly Ipswich, QBR and uh, Derby, where I went for a draw, though a win is possible. So yeah. if we keep playing the way we are and the injured and suspended players can't become available, they could be turned into wins. He also goes on to say, I'm a big fan of Stephen Henderson, though he has been off form prior to this injury, and I think Nick Pope has played a blinder in every game and has made a huge difference. That's Paul Douglas. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. I think if we play like we did today, then we're certainly going to make things interesting towards the last two or three games of the season, but the problem's been inconsistency. We haven't played like this yeah. enough times this season. I think, I, th- I think you have to also look at that in, um, in the fact that somebody like Diara couldn't play against MK Dons, True, uh, true. And I thought we'd miss him every time he doesn't play. I mean, uh, there are times when you think um, he's, he's, he's gone missing a little bit, but he, he makes some absolutely crucial interventions at times. Uh, and he also just adds that little calming influence sometimes mm-hmm. in midfield, which I think uh, allows, then allows Jordan Cousins to put in the sort of performance he did today. Yeah. It's interesting that the, the, he landed on 42 points there, because when me and Tom did this on the, the big match preview a couple of weeks ago, we worked out that 42 on average would be... Mm, right on the edge. Yeah, right? sometimes you go down with that, sometimes you stay up with that. Uh, and, and Kevin Kraut, and you just mentioned that inconsistency, Tom. Kevin Kraut tweets in to say, when, when was the last time we won back-to-back games? And that was back in November. We beat uh, Sheffield Wednesday here and then Birmingham yep. away. But the fact is, you know, that's twice we've done it now. There's just no consistency at all. Is there some synergy there? Because we've got Sheffield Wednesday and Birmingham as the next two games. Ooh. Be all right, wouldn't it? Four wins so. out of five games. So. Uh, Chris uh, tweets in and says, Good evening. Can you give the uh, 
uh, could you guys give a mention to Chris Powell and Scott Minto, who on Sky today spoke in favour of the Charlton fans? That's nice to hear. Obviously, you'd expect that from Chris Powell, Absolutely. Scott Minto, playing down here when I first started coming down, actually, I think. Um, I've, I've got that tape, so I'm going to plan on watching it. My over. sister's first love, I think you'll find. What, Chris Powell? Scott no, Minto. Scotty Minto. Scotty Minto, yeah. Mm. I think Sue said that about Scott yeah, Minto. Yeah, I think she did. Was he a bit of a dashing-looking man back I in the day? I couldn't possibly say. Uh, TFT7797 says, I was in the car park, we cheered the second goal. Uh, and he says there's some really good photos on the News Shopper Twitter feed. If you have a look on the News Shopper Twitter feed, uh, to to have a look. Um, uh, well, Watford fans just tweeted me, completely misunderstood what me and, uh, and someone were talking about on Twitter. So I'm going to read that out. Back on the email still. <laughs> uh, no, we're, uh, we're done on emails. They're, they're, they're all in and I've, all, I've, I've read them all out. Very interesting. Well, oh, for, that's good timing. Uh, and so uh, Smudge on the forum says, hello, uh, good programme. So I guess really we have now got a, a few more minutes to, to look ahead to that, that game with Sheffield Wednesday. Wednesday have been doing quite well this season. I think that they're hovering just outside the playoffs now. Uh, they've uh, and well, they put in a very good. I mean, you say that. I mean, Forrest uh, have now sacked. Um, uh, yeah, Doogie Friedman. Doogie Friedman. Yeah. So uh, perhaps not as big a surprise uh, as you would uh, first imagined. But they just tonked Forrest. Was it three 0 I think three 0 was, yeah. was the last score. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday currently in the playoffs in sixth. Um, just on the edge, of the playoffs. They're a point ahead of, of Cardiff. Two points behind Derby. Eight points away from uh, Middlesbrough, um, so they'd have been delighted with uh, today's result. Uh, so, um, no, they're, they're in and around the frame, and, uh, and so it's going to be a tough game, no question about it. And Hillsborough is a strange one. We, we, we have actually have uh, fared fairly well up there in recent years, um, and they don't like us coming up there. They do seem to have a problem with us generally. For whatever mm, reason, yeah. I'm not enjoying well, it. It's no, been well, a lot of rivalry for a while, hasn't been it? A bit of, yeah, it's been a bit of a faux rivalry for the last few years. Yeah. And I, I, th- I think I got over that <laughs> the last couple of seasons. I, I did enjoy the little rivalry we had in League One and the Championship coming up together, but I think... It's yeah. the one ground I've nearly got chucked out of in, in commentary. <laughs> uh, that uh, The FA Cup win specifically, where we came from behind and, and turned them over. Uh, we were... Um, Really celebrating us and the media guys were celebrating yeah. the goal, um, the winning goal, rather too vociferously. Yep. And the steward actually told us to either calm down or he'll we'll, we'll, we'll take us out. Yeah, I remember the uh, the three two turnaround game as well. A, a fan stood up and tried started showing at Ollie when he was celebrating <laughs> Sordell's hat trick goal. Um, now, you, look, I mean, if nobody can celebrate a Sordell hat trick, then you're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're brain dead. I think, <laughs> regardless of who he plays for. Yeah, uh, Laura says for women of a certain age, Scott Minto is a heartthrob. My sister is one for whom. He was her first love. So a lot of Scott Minto love on the show. There we are, Christine. Laura's saying you're old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to cause some trouble. Uh, expecting many, many changes towards next week? You wouldn't have thought so, although Johnny Jackson's going to be, uh, is, is rumoured to be back and fit. Raring and, uh, to go, isn't he? And, and available for Sheffield Wednesday. So he'll be in the frame. It depends on Diara, I suppose. Mm. If Diara's um, okay to play, you would imagine it'll be an unchanged side. Although, against Sheffield Wednesday, you are a big, big side. Um, you, you do wonder whether or not we'd be tempted to put Mac in up, um, up front if he's Harriet limped off as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, and uh, whether Callum's. Although I suspect that was just cramp. I would uh, think so. But, but, but. So it depends on whether or not he thinks risking Lookman for a game up at Sheffield Wednesday, which could be a quite a physical encounter, or whether he plays Simon up Because we have seen him struggle against the, the bigger team, exactly, like Bristol yeah. City away yeah. in, uh, in particular. So he might they, he might just uh, change it um, and. Uh, in that area, but I suspect not too many other changes, I wouldn't have thought. Uh, we've got an email, actually, just just flew in. Hi, guys, good show. This is from Teddy Tufnell. I, I, I suspect that's not his real name. I could be wrong. <laughs> that sounds like a real name. Uh, well, okay. uh, I would like to know why fans that decided to leave early hurled abuse at the West End fans after the final whistle coming out of the stadium. Support the team, not the regime. Um, 
Yeah, I think uh, there were a few uh, people who had walked out that were quite uh, upset. Uh, some of the people who hadn't, hmm. I, I hear. It's, I, I, think, I think I heard one person suggesting that everyone should walk out. But I'll say, I'll, I'll sort of put this on Twitter, it's very much a, um, a personal decision there. And I think I talked about this when the, um, the season ticket boycott came out. It was announced as well. And, and as, as someone who works, I had no choice. I, I can't leave. But I, I, I think I'd find it a real, real struggle to leave. Um, and then there's a lot of people who did go through with it today, but personally, I would find it a real struggle. And I think, you know, everyone has to make their own decision. There's, pe- there's people who were wearing black and white scarves who didn't want to leave, and that's because they, they don't support the regime, but they just can't turn themselves away from this bloody club, and that's why. And you know, that's, that's, that's a fair that's a fair point to have as well, I believe. Yeah, I've been fighting it ever since I first found out that it was going to happen. I've been coming down here for twenty odd years now, and I've never once left before the final whistle. And I wasn't sure whether I was going to be able to do it or not because. No, that's not. I come here to watch the team and support the team. And I think, like uh, like Terry said earlier, had we been two or three nil up, that might have been different. And I might have felt I could, but I felt at one nil up and the game so tight and the position we are, the team needed us. And so I personally chose to stay. But I completely applaud everyone who who had the uh, the strength to get up and, and leave at that point as well. I've left only once in my entire uh, career uh, as a Charlton fan. Uh, 1976 it was. I had to leave at half-time because I'd lost my bus fare home and I had to walk home uh, to make sure I got home at the same time I would normally have got home had I got the bus uh, <laughs> to make sure that my dad didn't find out so he could let me go again the week after. That, to me, sounds That's like a, a, No, that sounds terrible, the reason. Like, I would just turn up and disclaim you got arrested or something. <laughs> <laughs> How would that work? <laughs> right. And uh, then, do you know the weird... Str- and so, by the way, I should apologise, uh, Teddy, that, uh, that I wasn't having to go... You know, the only reason is, is it reminds me of a, um, a, a book character. Uh, that I've read. Oh, and he's just—he's <laughs> just—he's uh, <laughs> just doing this. It's uh, Teddy Tuffner who is my real name. None taken. Uh, sorry, <laughs> cheers, mate. Sorry. Uh, uh, I ought to point out. Can I just uh, uh, extol my own stupidity here? Uh, I didn't get uh, a bus. We ain't got that long. No, no. Show, yeah. but, but just to claim out, uh, I think I really am. Uh, um, I uh, walked home because I didn't have the bus fare. My dad worked for the buses. I could have got home for free if I'd have just mentioned his name. There we are. Well, there you go. Right, uh, we've pretty much run out of time. Uh, it's been, uh, been, I've been at the Valley now for, what time is it, 9 o'clock? I've been here since about midday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yep, been, it's yep, been yep. a long old day, but it's been one of the most uh, enjoyable and most spectacular days of my Charlton supporting career, uh, owing largely to um, the, the fantastic work that Charlton Card have done, um, the, the, the numerous different fans who decided or didn't decide to get involved with the protest. Like I say, it's your own decision, um, uh, and, and fair play to every single one of you. Uh, and, of course, to the team, who've, who've put on a, a battling display that's... You know, it's 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 a glimmer of hope, but it is hope. So thanks, thanks to to those guys as well. Uh, Terry, thanks for coming in. Cheers, Louis. Thanks everybody. Tom, thanks for coming for thanks, coming Louis. in this evening. Uh, I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Charlton Live. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Uh, you're not around, are you, Tom? So no. hopefully, me and Nathan back on Thursday to give you the big match preview as we look ahead to next Saturday's game uh, with Sheffield Wednesday. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.